1: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to bettorfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store. To download it today.
2: The countdown is on to Fight Time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. And Happy
1: New Year, everybody. We are back in. It is 2022, and we are ready to go on the latest edition of the only boxing show and podcast that you really need to keep you up to date on everything that's going on not just here in the u.s or in north america but we do our best to cover pretty much anything anywhere europe uh, south america far east australia whatever it is in the sweet science we are all about it on the big fight weekend podcast i am merely the somewhat capable host he is the senior writer bigfightweekend.com good to be back in a new year with marquise johns how you feeling my friend how did new
3: year's eve in frigid denver single digit denver treat you oh TJ, it, it was amazing like new year's eve um, for my birthday i got to do witness uh double uh single digits in uh, weather here in snow and uh it's still going on now. It's currently nine as we speak. It's amazing. <laughs> I am proud of you that you turned 29 for what? About the 10th
1: time in a row, or the sixth time Let's in a go row, with that. 13th time in a row. So uh, <laughs> happy, happy lap around the sun again for another year for you. Uh, we, we survived 2021 and head into 2022. I have said this on about every interview that I've done this week, about uh, 212 of them involving Antonio Brown's antics and my Tampa Bay Buccaneer radio duties. Uh, Yes, ESPN put the clip of me on Buccaneers Radio with Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore out, and suddenly I have people all over the country, people even in Europe and others contacting me. Hey, heard you describing the Antonio Brown stuff in the NFL. I'm proud to say on this podcast, can we be Antonio Brown free at least until... Uh, we get to the weekend and the Bucks play another game, and, and that'll be another show for another place. Another. Can we just talk boxing, you and I? Are we good on that front? Or are you going to interrogate me now about the, inter- uh, the Antonio Brown stuff? What's the deal?
3: TJ, I, I, I will spare you the interrogation, but I will float out there because if it was floated on Tuesday and I saw it on boxing scene. Uh, and uh, Jake Paul, free to one to beat Antonio Brown if you get a no boxing ring. But we'll move on from all of that because that's not happening anytime <laughs> you, soon anyway.
1: Did you see Brooks Kepka, the multi-time major winner on the PGA Tour, Uh, who is a big fight fan, who was ringside for the Jake Paul uh, smashing KO of Tyron Woodley in the rematch in Tampa. Uh, Brooks Kepka, a former Florida State golfer, um, West Palm Beach native, big fight fan. He's been in Vegas for fights too. Kepka is the one that tweeted out there, Antonio Brown will end up fighting a Paul brother next. You watch. He put it out there himself. So I will not put it past all worlds colliding here buccaneers nfl and boxing but until it does can we give that a rest and just move on we will try to uh next
3: the quote the great warrens app dj next question next question
1: next uh by the way however you found this podcast whether it was a social media link whether you found us through the big fight weekend website bigfightweekend.com or if you found us through our friends at the sports gambling podcast sports thank you for doing so reminder to follow or subscribe apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast we come your way usually on fridays midday we are out and talking sweet science and previewing the weekend. I'm going to tell you up front, we don't have much this weekend uh, except a Showtime Friday night card. As we release the podcast, the Showbox series kicks off its 21st year uh, on the Showtime premium cable uh, here in the United States uh, with a bunch of prospects out of Orlando, Florida, about an hour to the west, an hour, excuse me, to the east of where I am in West Central Florida, They will be fighting at the Carib Royale Casino. Thank you very much for the uh, upcoming Showbox Prospects Series. And uh, we look forward to talking with Brian Campbell, now part of that Showbox Series with Barry Tompkins, Raul Marquez, and company. Brian Campbell will be here for that reason. We'll pick his brain on the end of the year, uh, fight of the year, and knockout of the year, and he'll also help preview the card. Looking forward to that, Marquise, later on here in the podcast when Brian joins us. But again, there's not a lot in terms of fight cards here in the first week in January. There just simply isn't.
3: No, not at all, TJ. And this is pretty much par for the course. I mean, we went for this last year. Granted, last year was helped with this pandemic, but in this year, it's also as well because there's no boxing at all in the UK until February. They've shut down like they did last year as a precaution. Pretty much boxing's doing the same thing here with the NFL playoffs going on and everything else. They're, they're pretty much playing on the sidelines and weather. So we'll have, to, we'll have to write it out. There's, there's a few things here and there, but realistically, January is a slow month as a whole.
1: <laughs> Very true. So let's get to a little bit of the news of the week, and we'll hear from Brian Campbell of Showtime in a little bit and CBS uh, sports coverage of boxing on CBS com and uh, also the morning combat podcast where you find Brian. So we'll hear from him later on. Uh, since last we talked, we did preview the King Kong Ortiz pay-per-view. Why was it on pay-per-view? We still don't understand it to this point in time. He ends up getting a knockout over Charles Martin. I was on the deck was on the deck early in this fight and King Kong at 42 years of age, we think uh, rallies to win uh, former world heavyweight title challenger beaten twice by Deontay Wilder. Okay, Marquise, what about this uh, premier boxing champions fight card that was down in South Florida, down in Miami? It was the pay-per-view from this
3: past weekend. Uh, any thoughts in the aftermath of it? Just real quick. Real roller coaster of a pay-per-view TJ. Like the opening fight was between two guys that had five knockdowns for a heavyweight card. It was absolutely insane. When, when, between uh, uh, Faust and Kildazi, that was a fun fight. And then the pay-per-view went to a complete halt with, absolute ambient fights that if you stayed awake for it to see Charles Martin Luis Ortiz, more power to you or, or, or let me know what coffee you're drinking because it was up there. But the the biggest takeaway from that fight, TJ, was Father Tom Cobb with Luis Ortiz insanely, and Charles Martin looked good, TJ. That's the biggest takeaway from this fight more than anything else, is that Charles Martin got a flash knockdown early. He was jabbing early. He just got caught in that sixth round with Luis Ortiz with that left hand, and he got absolutely short-circuited.
1: What what was with the referee who uh, too much uh, libation on New Year's Eve for the New Year's night fight card jump in there and stop the fight while Ortiz is wailing on him along the ropes and then he gets his glove like twisted in the in the top and the third to last strand of the ropes and Ortiz is still hitting him and the fight is not even stopped at that point that was that I mean that could have been if he takes a serious if 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 he takes a serious crushing blow while defenseless there and along the ropes and caught in the ropes then we're talking about a much more um hellacious inaction by that referee um in that in that instance that fight should have been stopped like three or four punches earlier yes obviously
3: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. Frank Santo Padre, um, jacked up this one, T.J. And actually, the refereeing for most of these fights throughout the night was pretty bad. Uh, uh, Burgos was the fight, uh, fight in the first fight that wasn't any better. It was a rough night for the refs for this one, T.J. Also, for anyone who was actually wasn't in a crowd, I didn't see a lot of folks also at this event, T.J. For pay-per-view on a, on a New Year's night, and you can tell that if you watch the pay-per-view back and you hear Jimmy Lennon Jr. echo throughout the Hard Rock Seminole Hard Rock <laughs> Casino, T.J. Listen, we've been to, I've been to enough uh, we, we've been to enough venues, T.J. in sporting events where if there's nobody there, that that re- Oh, man, it bounces that is you can bouncing that the television.
1: off the empty seats. You are yes. correct. If that is, uh, if that is the case, and we, we're not going to get any info on what the pay per view actually was. And again, this is farcical, another big word I'm using. Uh, we're yeah. opening up 2022 with me using college and even postgraduate uh, syllabic <laughs> words here. Uh, farcical on the fact that they're going to keep doing these pay per views with non title fighters. And we're not going to get any of the info because we're going to find out that there's like 701 people that are buying it. Uh, it's not it's not conducive. I can't believe they made very much, if anything, off of a pay-per-view uh, from that. But again, it's part of the Fox Sports deal with Premier Boxing Champions that they regularly have these pay-per-views. It's just got to be better, better fights, better main events uh, than what that was. So we move off of that here yeah. on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Let's get a little news of the week uh, here from this week. Uh, not much going on until later in the week. We do find out that it looks like the Chocolatito and Estrada will fight for the third time for the super flyweight unified uh, world championship. These guys had a tremendous fight last March, one of the fights of the year, uh, between these two, um, mm-hmm. with Roman Chocolatito, Gonzalez, Juan Francisco, Estrada, uh, Nicaragua against Mexico. We're going to do it again in March Marquise. How excited are you about it?
3: Pretty good, TJ. I'm actually looking forward to that one because it's one of those fights. It's going to be set up. I think it like had a schedule for March 5th. I want to say it March, mid March. March in San Diego, correct. And the in the, the, we we've had people on the last few weeks. You know, with missioner their fight of the year, and for some reason or another, we. I mean, we've we've said uh, Tyson Fury, you know, Deontay Wilder. Uh, three for obviously, but everyone else we had Steve Kim and Avon. They've mentioned this Chocolatito Estrada fight, and the reason why is because they're very they threw so many punches in it and it broke CompuBox records. So I'm looking forward to seeing if they can do that again. and These guys are still young and fresh enough to do it.
1: And in Gonzalez's case, he had beaten Estrada much earlier in their careers about eight, nine years ago. He then mm-hmm. lost a couple of title fights to a tie fighter. Uh, Shriek set Sorung Visai. How did I do yes. on the pronunciation? Sor- Sorung Visai <laughs> beat him twice, and then Estrada beat Sorung Visai. So it's kind of a triangle going on, and there was some thought that Estrada and Sorung Visai would rematch. Instead, it's going to be a third fight with Chocolatito, and again, Chocolatito, a big-time puncher earlier in his career, has 50 wins and, what, 43, I think, knockouts to his credit. So, again, we still have two months to go in these COVID-19 crazy times. Hopefully, that fight comes off, but that should be very entertaining in the smaller weight classes. For example, we did learn that next weekend's WBO light heavyweight title fight, Joe Smith Jr., Callum Johnson, is now scrambling for a new opponent because Callum Johnson of the U.K. has tested positive for COVID-19. They need a new opponent. And isn't it the case that Joe Smith Jr. battled COVID-19 late in the year last year, late in 2021, that delayed things even further? So this, this may not happen at all, or it's going to have a late replacement opponent for that top-ranked ESPN show coming next weekend, we just we have to be mindful right now that the COVID nineteen positive tests are going to be back in and around the sport.
3: Obviously, absolutely. Absolutely, TJ, and it's back and it's back with a vengeance. And I, I haven't seen it, and it's coming in a different wave. Where some folks are in parts of the border, just being reactionary to it, where they're doing things, they're canceling things ahead of time. Other folks are just letting it play out and see if they can get make these things go off. And so far, this Calvin Johnson Smith fight is the is the first one I got was the first casualty of it, where uh, you're going to find someone on a week's notice that to, to uh, get beat around by Joe Smith Jr. here. But it's going to be interesting with that as well to see how he looks because, as you mentioned before, TJ, he he was supposed to have a fight in October with the same guy, and he got he had COVID as well, so we'll see how he shapes out of all of this. And at the end of the day, I'm also intrigued with this fight as well, teacher, because they need to find something for Joseph to do after this. And for the longest, they're trying to get this fight with Arthur better And it's been well-documented yeah. and well-known now that that fight doesn't look like it's going to happen because either better doesn't want the fight or he doesn't want any interest in it, which at this point, what gives? So we'll see what happens with him and and Joe Smith.
1: maybe wants the Canelo Alvarez golden ticket here, the lottery. And that's what he's waiting on. And better just fought what a few weeks ago and defended his yes. title. It would, it would match up on the timeline for him to have a unification fight either with joe smith jr of new york or uh Dmitry bivol the other russian that has the other belt i get confused bivol has the wba belt right and joe smith jr has the wbo world title better bf has the other two is canelo in the mix at light heavyweight probably not anytime soon Mm -hmm. so what happens with the rest of the light heavyweights we will Wait to see. We'll see if we can figure that out. We we move along here on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast with news of the week. What do you make of Anthony Joshua? This had been rumored. It is out now as of Thursday. Joshua has confirmed that he has parted with the only trainer that he's ever had as a professional, Rob McCracken, who's a prominent Uh, trainer in the uk in england mccracken in fact was anthony joshua's uh, amateur trainer uh with the english uh, olympic boxing team joshua went on to win the gold medal uh in the olympics Uh, mccracken has been with him the whole way but now after this loss to alexander Usyk, it had been rumored for a while that he might look elsewhere to somebody else to be in his corner joshua is basically confirmed that is happening and so let the speculation begin on who works with Joshua for the potential rematch with Alexander Usyk that could be coming as soon as April, maybe May. Your thoughts, Marquise Johns?
3: Just one person in Anthony Joshua trying to do his best to keep, uh, try to get his belts back from Alexander Usyk. And at this point, I think he finally realizes if, if within his camp and within him himself, he's a different voice in the ring. And uh, McCracken was his longtime voice. And then we see where it's has got him so far. He's gotten the belts. I mean, he lost him against Louise, got him back. Now he lost him against Usyk. Now he's just figures, okay, we're not going for this again. Let's go for a different voice, see if we can get him back this way with that. and We'll see if it changes up, but I don't know at this stage of the game, TJ. And we've, we've seen this with heavyweights and fighters all the time where they change trains before their big-time rematches, and if it doesn't show up. So we'll see if this is a different case of this. But Tyson Fury
1: did do this successfully. He got rid of his trainer, Ben Davison, uh, before the matchup uh, with um, – uh, Deontay Wilder for Wild. the second fight, and he went and he got the nephew of the late Emmanuel Stewart, the Hall of Fame trainer, uh, Sugar Hill Sugar Stewart, Hill. <laughs> and it worked out. And it worked out even again in the third fight for another knockout. So these trainer switches sometimes do work for fighters, uh, depending on who it is. And we'll see. Uh, I still believe just watching Anthony Joshua, and I wrote this on the site as well. Your thought, please. I don't think he's the same fighter. I uh, obviously, uh, you know, when you get knocked out, there's always these question marks. Mike Tyson, for example, I don't think was ever the same fighter after Buster Douglas and getting knocked out just as an example. Um, I don't think he's the same fighter and I don't think it matters if it's Rob McCracken, if it's Ben Davison, I don't think if we bring Mickey back from the Rocky movies, uh,
2: (laughs) you go to Southpaw, just switch to Southpaw.
1: Southpaw. (laughs) Uh, Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if we bring him back, that it matters that much in terms of Anthony Joshua is at times gun shy about being counterpunched, which affected him in the Usyk fight. He's hesitant to get off first. I don't know who corrects that whoever it is, your thoughts, please. Marquise Johns on a new trainer.
3: I don't know if it's going to be any difference with the same fight in this rematch with Usyk either, TJ. And the one problem I have with as well is that this is one of those guys, especially with Usyk against Joshua, who's known him since the amateurs and fought him in the amateurs and beat him there. It's one of those things where you run into a wall and some guys just have your number. I think Usyk has his number one way or another because he couldn't outbox him. I don't think Joshua's going to go in there and start out slugging him. Either. We saw that work in the last fight in the last round. He almost got knocked out. So I'm, um, it's interesting, TJ. If it's going to show up, but I think just, I think it's just this one last hurrah before he goes catches out.
1: There's no well, there's no doubt that Joshua at 32 is a big puncher. He always has been, yeah. but the question now becomes: Is he that much of a different fighter? and Who could help him fix it? Because again, if he loses to Usyk here, then he's off the big stage with a third loss in the last two years. For a while, he's going to have to work his way back up because yeah. Usyk's next fight's going to be with Tyson Fury. And uh, that will come late in 2022. We'll wait and see what happens there. I always love this angle from you. And I promise we're getting along to Brian Campbell of Showtime's Boxing and the Showbox series. It's 21st year debut. Brian's conversation coming up here in a few minutes on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. You're also big into the pro wrestling thing. Mm -hmm. I, I tangentially watch some of it here and there still. Uh, Tyson Fury is hinting at maybe getting back in a WWE ring, World Wrestling Entertainment, Vince McMahon's New York uh, World Wrestling Entertainment that is worldwide, it is global. He was on a pay-per-view a couple of years ago before the second Wilder fight. He's hinting that he might get involved with that again. All right, connect your worlds here on how legit is this that Fury would get into a wrestling ring Before we see him back in a boxing ring.
3: I think TJ uh, Tyson for the holiday season, this first quarter is a shopper to see what fight he can get for the most amount of money. He's mentioned WWE, which I thought was interesting TJ because the guy he fought uh, out in Saudi Arabia a couple of years ago, Braun Strowman at WWE, He's no longer there, so I don't All know right. what seven-foot giant are going to find a face for him, but there aren't too well, the many in The WWE. talk is
1: Brock Lesnar. The, the, the talk is, I guess, so uh, one of the things in the storylines, they always have storylines, is they were supposed yeah. to have this big pay-per-view match on uh, New Year's weekend. Uh, listen to me being a wrestling aficionado, but Roman Reigns, the champion, legitimately tested positive for COVID-19 and could not be part of the pay-per-view. So they went ahead and and had Lesnar win the WWE, what do they call it now, universal title, the all-time champion, the king of the galaxy or whatever it is. (laughs) So the belief is that Fury would somehow be involved with Lesnar, Because in the previous storyline, he was also involved with Lesnar somehow, some way. Again, for the purposes of what we do on this boxing podcast, if you had to rate it at one, almost no chance that it happens, 10, that we absolutely see Tyson Fury do something in the WWE in the next 60 days or so, what number do you put it at?
3: I put it at, TJ, probably a solid... Three only because uh, WWE is apparently doing the storyline on on the fly here because they had to rewrite everything to for Brock Lesnar to win this because he went because from all accounts everyone's saying that they the original champion big E Langston Florida guy uh was supposed to retain the title or whatever have you so I think with dad they're just going to just throw names and see what sticks and wwe is known for just bringing guys in you know just as is as you know big name influence names like fight tyson fury like they did before or like they had this last view they had for where like day one show they had where they had uh Quavo from migos of the rap group on there they, so there's a celebrity <laughs> they need to look for don't drag tyson fury back out if he's still under contract so it, it's yeah, a possibility they have, got-
1: <laughs> they have through the years put uh celebrities on their stuff in the ring they have yeah. put mike tyson and floyd mayweather in yeah. and around storylines and tyson Butterbean got a well. fight back
3: in the day butter, butter
1: <laughs> bean, they bean they have gone to this so yeah. let's see where that goes with tyson fury on this uh, interesting you put it at a three for this you're still you're still of the belief that it's going to be tyson fury maybe even in a non-title situation with ajit kabayel the unbeaten kurdish german that is in the WBC rankings that that may be the fight instead of a Dillian white fight.
3: I'm convinced TJ it's going to be one of these fights that's either because the way he's been talking on, on, on media and everything else i have hearing from him is that he's looking for something they can get an easy payday for. And he mentioned uh, Francis uh, Nugano, I think the MMA uh, heavyweight champion as well as like he wanted want him to have a fight. He already has a fight at the end of the month. So I think Tyson Fury for his first half of the year is, is following the Jake Paul route to see which MMA fighter or big name celebrity can knock out in the easiest, easiest money possible to see if that fight can happen. And then we'll move on from there to an actual real fight where we were dealing or whoever. <laughs>
1: Fair enough from Marquise Johns. Marquise, stand by. When we return, Brian Campbell will be here from the Showbox Series. They're fighting Friday night. Orlando, Florida, that is the most prominent boxing card that is out there as uh, several prospects that are on this card uh, fighting in the uh, the featherweight and the super featherweight division, et cetera. Brian will be here to talk about that as well as his fight of the year, his knockout of the year, and much more. Look forward to talking with him as we rock along on the first edition of this podcast in 2022. But first, we're brought to you in part by WinBet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is here for you. And it's now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. They're bringing you the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards. Everything right at your fingertips. Get all of the best plays for the college football wrapping up, the NFL obviously down the home stretch of the regular season and the playoffs coming up. They've got the NBA, the NHL, anything that you want with winbed. And WinBet now has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5 to win $400 in the free bets contest that they have. That includes getting a VIP trip to Shaquille O'Neal's Fun House in Los Angeles. That's right. You bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature, and you earn a chance to win a -a once-in-a-lifetime VIP experience for the big game. You and three guests get to go to Shaq's Fun House Two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit, all as part of this contest. They have great promos like this going on, and all you got to do is go to WinBet and their app, sign up, and be able to do it. The odds, the payouts, it's all happening at WinBet. Boosted parlays, live in-game odds, every major sport, everything you need. Plus, if you sign up today, you'll get a risk-free $1,000 sports bet with WinBet. Go to WinBet.com, download the WinBet app, and again, take care of business. It's all happening with WinBet, and the VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in L.A. for the big game is available. Find out more at WinBet.com and the WinBet app brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, accusation, QR code or links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, You're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit for PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. For example, this week, Derek from Colorado purchased a Georgia college football championship game ticket on PropSwap at the odds of minus 120. That's a huge discount compared to the sportsbooks who currently have the dogs at minus 150. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Betor Fantasy. The fantasy season might be over, but the action is still coming on Betor Fantasy's app. Download their free-to-play app today and bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by competing in challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today at betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, betterfantasy.com, slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the S-G-P-N app is right there, live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the S-G-P-N family of shows and everything that's going on on the app don't forget give us an app review download the sgpn app today in the app store and the google play store look for us it's the sgpn
0: app we're back on big Bike weekend now here's your host dj reeves
1: As we do roll on, and as promised, he is right here with us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. He is now part of the Showbox Series with the legendary Barry Tompkins, with Raul Marquez and Steve Farhood and company, Brian Campbell of Showtime, and also the Morning Combat Podcast that you see on Showtime. You also see him with CBSSports.com. He's all over the place. He's all over the sport. We love that about him. Happy New Year,
2: Brian Campbell. How you feeling? Oh, fired up to be here. Showbox debut. And could you ask for a better setup than six unbeaten fighters to kick (laughs) off the Showbox 2022 season? I can get down with that.
1: Yeah, there are worse cards than that to be part of. I would agree. We're going to circle back because this is the most prominent fight card uh, really anywhere in, in the U.S. for sure for this weekend. We'll circle back to that for Friday night. But I would not... Want to miss the opportunity to talk with the Brian Campbell about the event that you and I were in and around Amelie Arena downtown Tampa Jake Paul's thunderous knockout in the rematch with Tyron Woodley uh, in the home of the Tampa Bay Lightning I was struck by a couple of things one of them the place was packed they sold tickets galore and it was packed verifiable and the next thing is, there There was some heat. There was some electricity in the crowd, Brian. That is me saying that. What's your read, having been a- around all of that here in my area in Tampa Bay?
2: Look, this is a phenomenon. And when I say this, yes, I mean the Paul brothers, but I really just mean this chapter of sort of Crossover celebrity carnival boxing, whatever you want to call it, right? It's a bubble. We've seen it before. Celebrities, old guys involved. The the thing is, normally it pops quickly when you do see it. Jake Paul is the new face of it, and he's been able to sustain it. And you nailed it inside the arena in Tampa, inside the arena in Cleveland for the first Woodley fight. It's a different crowd. It's an aggressive, young, new, fresh crowd. So. Do you love all of Jake Paul's antics? Well, it would depend maybe on your age or your social media ability, but you have to say this, what he's bringing to the sport are eyeballs, interest, money. I mean, this is not a bad thing. Even if you're an old school boxing head like myself and say this for Jake Paul, that second fight with Woodley, which he took on last minute. Notice we know Tommy Fury fell out credit to everyone involved to keep the, the show going Uh, It was not an exciting affair for most of that fight. It was a technical, slow sort of type of draw that you're saying, look, if this goes the distance, if this is a Jake decision win, is this going to pop the bubble? Will people still care on this level for something that's not super elite, you know, championship level boxing? But it's certainly something that's trash talk heavy. There's interest. Well, Jake Paul made sure that we didn't need to go to the, the level of that narrative with that knockout punch. And the fact that he actually set it up, it wasn't lucky. Tyron Woodley, you know, he, he's, he's way more credible as a combat fighter than a Nate Robinson. You got to give Jake credit for rising to the moment. The crowd appreciated it. And I think it, it helped him start the new year uh, with his brand in a very good position with the war with Dana White over uh, mm-hmm. over social media and all the attention that he constantly brings.
1: And to that point, I mean, the the USC fighter stuff, I understand, and you're in that world, too. He's got to fight a legitimate boxer for this to sustain, and that was the intent with Fury. It's not entirely his fault. That was the intent with Tommy Fury, and Tommy Fury, for whatever reasons, plural, didn't want to fight him, didn't want to show up. So isn't, realistically, isn't that what has to happen next in 2022? Take some credibility, legitimacy steps, and fight at least a credible fighter next, and then there'll be more attention, especially if you knock that
2: guy out. Obviously. I just think he had look, that's the end game that we all want, because if you're a critic or, or if you're skeptical about what Jake's doing and, you know, Dana White's saying, you're only fighting smaller, older, washed-up fighters, you know, fight a real guy. We get that. Eventually, that'll be the thing that, cements and justifies that he's quote unquote a real fighter but the steps to getting there they are incremental and i think that he's been doing a decent job stepping up on those but he's talking about potentially julio cesar chavez jr in 2022 and for all the prospective matchups thrown out for jake and tommy fury was one of them as you mentioned a guy with a little bit of legitimacy younger brother tyson fury six or seven eight pro fights himself although he's hardly a world beater The Chavez question is interesting. We did just see Chavez Jr. lose to Anderson Silva. We've seen Chavez Jr. throw away most of his career, but he's big and he was a former champion and he's the son of a legend. And should he want to care again and really put it all together? That could not only be a much tougher fight than even Jake might realize, but that could give him the the next step closer toward the legitimacy that we're talking about. But to be fair, let me just say one thing about Jake. Sure, He's what, 4-0, 5-0? All of our favorite legitimate boxers today, they fought guys in their first three, four, five fights who maybe didn't have a win, maybe ended right. up their career going two and 15 because that's the level they were at. The level Jake said, hey, he's fighting guys with legitimate combat experience. We're getting there. You got to give him time uh, from that regard.
1: I was going to make you smile and laugh that Chavez Jr. Fighting at cruiserweight where Jake is fighting. He can eat whatever he wants. So we don't have a weight concern <laughs> there either because he's been fighting around 160 or 168 and missing weight all the time too. As we talk with Brian Campbell for a few more moments and we are going to get to the show box card Friday night, the show box series debuts its 21st season. And Brian is part of that with Barry Tompkins and company coming out of the Orlando, Florida area uh, with that fight card. Uh, okay. Settle this because we, we went round and round a little bit as everybody does with the debates about fight of the year, fighter of the year, uh, knockout of the year, fighter of the year has to be Canelo Alvarez. Quick answer. Yeah. Yes. It has we to agree. be. Nope. We all agree. Yeah, okay. I'll say this.
2: If yeah. you want to, if you want to best him in that category fight three or four times a year, do what he's doing. It's yeah. old school. It, it's worthy of, 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 so of what, of, was award. the
1: fight of the year way in with no pretense from me. Point
2: blank, what was the fight of the year in your mind? So I wonder if this is a little bit of a controversial answer. My answer is not Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3. That is a little bit of a controversial
1: answer. So what is it?
2: Did I live that fight every second, sweating it out? Yes, it was drama. It was everything. This is actually not being, being a company man, but it was a great Showtime title fight, a unification at 122 pounds, Stephen Fulton Jr. and Brandon Figueroa. What they did over 12 rounds, just a little bit more than a month ago. The reason why I picked that, is it was 12 sustained rounds of back and forth action, two unbeaten guys in their primes, champions, unifying titles. And what they did each round was each guy implemented his own game plan, had advantages, it was just the other man was forcing him to counter and change and alter. It was blood and guts war, but it was a technically sound fight on top of that. Fury Wilder was a little bit too one-sided overall. I loved the big moments. Was it the Bex? Best heavyweight championship fight we've seen in 15 years, arguably, right? Anthony Joshua, Vladimir Klitschko was very good. We've seen a few others. It was great theater. But you talk about prime guys giving it and not knowing who's going to win at the end of it. It's a it's a toss-up. Which style did you prefer better? Fulton Figueroa was a hardcore fan's dream, and I think it exceeded expectations.
1: That is uh, a vote that we did not have on that one. We talked about Chocolatito and Estrada, the Ooh. sequel. That one was good on that same night. Cambosis upset of Lopez with both of them down in the fight was dramatic and good, but I can't tell you.
2: Yeah. The round of the year, by the way, was probably Cambosis and Lopez round one when Lopez got dropped after back in Cambosis up into a corner, the whole first round. Great call right there.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and again, I can't fault you for Fulton Figueroa, because again, they they bombed each other for 12 rounds in about the amount of space uh, of a bathtub. They didn't they did. There was not <laughs> lateral movement. There was not boxing. They were just right there banging for 12 rounds. That was very entertaining. And this guy is very entertaining uh, as well. What's the knockout of the year? Is it the fury knockout of Wilder because of the impression and the magnitude of it? Or is it another knockout that was put- knockout
2: of the year? Kerry Wilder's in my top five. Really, Jake Paul Woodley's in my top five too, but let's give it some Miguel Burchelt's uh, knockout loss to Oscar Valdez to open 2021. Valdez moving up in weight was an underdog against long-running champion, and not only did he drop Verde- uh, Burchelt twice in what was a war, the, the the climactic, violent nature of how he ended that, it did remind you a bit of Pacquiao Marquez four in terms of one guy coming forward. Perfect timing on a counter shot and just devastation.
1: And you just made me think of this, and I love your insight. That was in a bubble. That was still a bubble show at that point back in February in Vegas. If that knockout happens in a jam-packed live electric arena, the magnitude goes up. So I think it hurt just a little bit that there wasn't the wow factor from the crowd and the roar of the crowd when that
2: knockout happened. You Uh, I selling. It was like a shotgun blast going off. It caught. It, it really was. It was unsettling to watch. Those sometimes can be the best. Mm.
1: Yeah. So big time knockout there. Okay, we're looking for all kinds of excitement. As Brian already teased, he's on the showbox card Friday night with Barry Tompkins, with Raul Marquez, Steve Farhood, the Hall of Famer as well, is the unofficial score. Uh, just before we get to the fights themselves, this has got to be a thrill to be associated with this Ooh. series, the longest running series right now in boxing, especially involving prospects, 21 years in running with the Showbox series. How cool is that as we start 2022
2: for you? Amazing. Dream come true. This is like a gift to real boxing fans. That's why the ones that know the the, the cryptic, hardcore cynical angry fans this is their favorite fight broadcast because it's just about the fights it's about matching tough no punches pulled if a great prospect comes out and he fights a dud we say that on the air I say we now I'm part of it uh Barry Tompkins was the voice of my boxing youth in the 1980s he called Drago versus Balboa in <laughs> Rocky Four for crap's yes, sake did. And yep. he's 80 years old and he still got it. It's a dream come true. I love me. Steve Farhard, love me some Raul Marquez to be able to join this team at this point in my career. It's it's uh I can't wait because the, the drug of being there of sitting on the ring apron and watching these warriors who I, I appreciate so much go at it and knowing that, this could be the fight that launches these guys to fighting on Showtime championship boxing and the main event in the big time. Oh, it gets me, it gets me excited. And uh, when it doesn't, that's, that's the day I'll walk away. They're going to have to remove me from this microphone one day. Oh, no,
1: I hear you on that. All right. So the main event is Luis Nunez uh, at 15 and Oh, battling Carlos Arrieta uh, Nunez is the, the prospect that we're looking at, but Arrieta is, is unbeaten as well out of Puerto Rico. That's the main event, but as you mentioned, we've got Starling Castro undefeated on the co-feature fight, fighting another fellow undefeated fight. We got undefeated fighters all over the place, but Nunez Arieta in the main event here. That's going to be uh, here's what you need to watch. Fun to it. watch. What are we looking for?
2: Nunez has an amateur experience advantage. He's also fought better pro competition, but Arieta is unbeaten. Doesn't know how to lose. He squares up and lets his hands go inside. The thing here is Nunez maybe the. Brighter prospect with the brighter potential, possibly. He was founded by a promoter, Samson Lukwitz, who let's not forget. Found Manny Pacquiao back in the day when no one heard of him. He's created this nice pipeline in the Dominican Republic. He thinks Nunez could be the next thing. He's ranked at 122 pounds. He just won his first fight at featherweight. This fight just recently got bumped up to 130 because Arieta had trouble making weight. But we're going to see these two go at it, and it's going to be interesting. Can Nunez make that leap, or is Arietta in his first real true step-up opportunity? Can he take hold of the opportunity? I love me that main event, but if you are asking me what's going to be the fight of the night, can you hang on for this co-main unbeaten Otar Aranosian Evinos- from Georgia? He gets inside your kitchen. He's one of those guys who uses pace and volume as a weapon. He wants to wear you down in, a, you know, in that mental anxiety by getting up on you. Oh, he's facing a puncher in 16 and 0 Starling Castillo, who has a great amateur pedigree himself. This one is the one you circle that uh, could be something special.
1: I do know, just jokingly, you did say Georgia and you said it quickly. We need to make sure that's the satellite country in Russia. (laughs) That's not the Georgia Bulldogs that are playing Alabama in the college football playoff championship where this guy is from and Star Wars. People from uh the.
2: Atlanta and Marietta may think they're tough, but try coming out of the caucus region there with, the, you know, Georgia, Dagestan, you got a different level of animal coming out of there. We've no seen doubt. In boxing and, and Castillo
1: has a bunch of knockouts too, uh, to his credit at 16 and 0 in the co-feature. Again, 9 Eastern time. Uh, this one will be on Showbox. The next generation kicks off its 21st season. We are looking forward to that coming on Showtime. Brian Campbell, what a treat have you on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, to have a great call with Barry Tompkins, Raul Marquez, and Steve Farhood. Thank you for giving us some love in advance
2: of the fights Friday night, sir. Enjoy the fights. Take care. Thanks so much.
1: Again, the Showbox series resuming, and we thank Brian Campbell. We thank the folks with Showtime, Steve Pratt, and company making Brian available to us. Uh, he is hyped up for this. Call back in, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns one more time. All right, Brian was talking about it last uh, there with Luis Nunez taking on Carlos Arrieta um, they uh, they are battling in the main event here Nunez 15 and 0 out of the Dominican Arieta out of Puerto Rico at 14 and 0 they are prospects have you seen much if anything online or otherwise of these guys fighting are you intrigued about this fight a little bit
3: yeah, it's actually a decent it's actually a decent fly card for a Showbox uh, card. TJ. one thing about this card as well is that these guys are that are fighting in the main event and the co-main event are regulars for the most part. This, I think, is going to be uh, Nunez's second fight on Showbox, and he won the last time, pretty impressive. He's a big time puncher, and I expect him to do more of the same here over at the uh, was it the Casino Royale, uh, a Caribbean hotel over in, over on over on, <laughs> on I Drive and I Four in Orlando.
1: What, whatever I, it is, I, I, was it Casino Royale, James Bond? Maybe it is. Yeah, that's the, that's the Maybe James it Bond
3: flick. And I think it's the Royal Caribbean. It, it used it, it was called Royal Caribbean. It's the
1: cruise line. Well, We'll get it right. Yeah. Carib Royale, I think, is the casino. That or sounds like about that. right. Yeah. But you know what? Right. The fans that are watching, the only thing they care about is, is it a fight and is it on Showtime? They're not necessarily yes. going to have a massive crowd there on uh, on Friday night. Um, Nunez has primarily, uh, he fought a couple of times in the United States. Uh, the same thing with the Arrieta. Um,
3: We expect fireworks in the main event. You looking for that? I am TJ. I think it's going to be a, a pretty, a pretty interesting firefight because it's one, one of these guys is going to be elevated after this fact. And one thing with these showbox cards that I do like more than anything else is they do try to put the best prospects when they can available against each other in some sort of a, a, a cool proving grounds. And we've seen this for years, as you mentioned before, TJ. This is their 21st year doing this. A couple of things to throw at you uh, who have been on this. I'm sure, I'm sure BC probably this as well. Uh, some guy named Tyson Fury was one of them. Uh, Regis Grays. Never heard of these guys, some Devin Haney character. I mean, a lot of these guys have been on the showbox before. You know, they, they elevate themselves afterwards, and I think this will do that. For, is, uh, we had
1: Barry Tompkins on before, and it's been yeah. over 20, maybe over 30 fighters that have gone on to win a world championship that we're yeah. on the Showbox series at some point in the last 20 years. So again, they kick things off with this, uh, with this fight card. Uh, the co-feature has started. Well, first of all, on the odds Nunez is a slight yeah. favorite or a significant favorite. Our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com always love when we go over uh, what the odds are. And, and I know you found some as well. Yeah. What What is Nunez favorite or is he favored?
3: No, Nia's his favorite, TJ, and he's favorite huge. I didn't think he was as big as it was, actually. He's actually a nine to one favorite on most of these sports books, wow. actually, to, to uh, win flat out, which is kind of disrespectful to Arietta. I don't think Arietta's a nine to one dog here, but I do see Arietta winning, though. So, I, I see, I see the balance. Generally,
1: if I can interject, they match yeah. it a little bit better than that because this is prospects and they're wanting to develop it. They don't want squash fights in the main event. Yeah. And so that's a bit surprising that it's that wide from the odds makers.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a little wide of a number. I, I don't think they have enough tape on Arietta's what that is. I think Arietta's going to have a little better showing than what it is, actually. In fact, TJ, I'm going to go put on a string here because most of these underdogs have uh, Arietta as, as a six-to-one dog for most of these places. I, I'm going to put money on that to, to actually win on the upsell on here as, as in the main event on this because that, that's just too wide of a number.
1: Uh, the co-feature has Starling Castillo um against again it's otar Aranozian, and as we were joking yes. with brian campbell he is from the republic of georgia one of the satellite countries of the <laughs> former soviet union not the georgia bulldogs oodog sickum playing monday night against alabama Ooh, it's dogs. a different georgia <laughs> marquise johns in this instance castillo uh 16 and 0 uh Aranosian is 10 and 0 with six KOs. This is an eight-round lightweight bout. How intrigued are you? And what what are our odds? Castillo a huge favorite.
3: Uh, Castillo is not. A, a, it's a roughly a two to one favorite on most books on this one. This one's actually a little more closer, and actually, I can see that being why. Mainly because do one knows anything most about Otar, it, it, except that you mentioned that he's from the place not known as the USSR anymore. And but but Sterling Cast Sterling Castillo, he was one of the last few cards I, I remember watching where he beat Juan Burgos in, in a pretty good fight, and that's a pretty solid fire he beat in terms of that. So. I'm going to we'll go with the favorite on this one at, at, at two to one. because it's, it's a safe bet.
1: Okay. So those are the odds. Those are the fights coming on Showtime. And again, we can't say enough uh, that we love Barry Tompkins, who has been doing, as, as Brian Campbell said, he is an OG here. I'll say that. Uh, yeah. He's a guy that's been doing this at the highest level since the late 1970s on HBO, has been with Showtime for two decades now as part of the Showbox uh, series. Love some Barry Tompkins, Raul Marquez on on the call, and as well, Steve Farhood is the unofficial scorer uh, that they will still have working remotely and good on Brian Campbell, that he's now part of that broadcast as well with these younger uh, fighters and interesting that he said that he's in agreement with us that the jake paul bubble he kept calling it the bubble the bubble is going to burst <laughs> if this guy does not get in there with an established fighter that you've gone about as far as you can go without fighting one of those so he's kind of in agreement with us one more time marquise about that yes. with jake
3: paul Thank goodness, and it's one of the things, and I, and I hope so because at this point, T.J. was he five, but no, at this point, he hasn't faced an actual fighter. I mean, there's not right. He can he can continue facing the YouTubers and the MMA, you know, wash up stars of the world, at, you know, at any, any given time here. But at the end of the day, the public interest is going to wear out on that. We have seen this cartoon. I mean, it's one of those things, T.J. I, I love I, I I use it a lot now. I'm going to use it for all year. Scooby Doo has been on for six decades. What was the last time you realistically watched Scooby Doo? It's kind of one of those things where you, 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 it's there, but it's not there. So right. Jake bought, North, Jake bought it to keep that interest coming up. He has to actually faced a fighter.
1: You just bring so, up cartoons. I stopped watching Scooby Doo when I was like ten. Yeah, yeah exactly. was a long time ago. <laughs> so that was uh, the <laughs> the Mystery Machine just doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. For, it's, it's, uh, what is it? Fred, Thelma, and Daphne. Did I get yeah. that close to right? Along with Shaggy don't, and Scooby. I think I.
3: Yeah. Did. Don't be, don't forget Velma. can not forget Velma. Velma. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Uh, I don't know how we digress to that, yeah, but we really. did <laughs> one more time. The show box card is a Friday night card, and that is basically it. Again, as we said earlier in the podcast, the first title fight of significance, at least in the United States, was to have been the Joe Smith Jr. WBO light heavyweight. Uh, Battle with Callum Johnson, Callum Johnson, uh, Callum Johnson from England off the card due to COVID-19 positive status. Can they scramble and find another opponent? Probably will as a late replacement. Will it still be a title fight for top rank next week? That's going to be the one that we're talking about next week. This is really going to be slow for a couple of weeks here till we get back into the groove of some championship fights regularly happening uh, later in the month. Um, I'm just looking here on the overall schedule. You got to go to Gary Russell and Mark uh, Magsayo for Russell's featherweight title coming in a couple of weeks. That's a title fight. And then at the end of the month, there'll be some action, including um, the top-ranked show that will be in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
3: Oh yeah, That's not a
1: title fight card, though. As you said, for DAZN with Golden Boy, they don't have a fight card here in the U.S., the zone doesn't have something in the UK. Neither does uh, Frank Warren's Queensbury outfit with uh, BT sport boxing over in Europe. We're kind of lean on big time fight cards here in January. We'll do the best that we can here for, uh, for right now, including this show box card being the primary card this weekend, Marquise one more time.
3: Yeah, pretty much, TJ. This is a slim pick in terms of boxing, uh, of actual fight in-ring action. So much so, TJ. Uh, Good friend, Tim Boxea, who covers a lot of the uh, third world, you know, underground cards in Congo and Kazakhstan and, you know, any other country that that has has a time zone that we can't stay awake for. Even he's having trouble with cards these first couple of weeks, and that's at the lower level. So it's going to be a... A uh, slow time for boxing just in general. But keep up with everything at bigfightweekend.com in case things do happen. We will keep it up to date there. Uh, I will mention as well, TJ, February 5th is looking like the real day for me personally in terms of boxing apocalypse again, where everyone puts all their fight cards on. And that's going to be, for me personally, the official start of boxing season.
1: We're looking again there. And that is the weekend that is going to have the Keith Thurman pay per view. Here we go again with Mario Barrios. It also has Leo Santa Cruz <laughs> yes. and Abel Ramos. Uh, on the undercard of that one, but it also on that February 5th has Jose Ramirez and Jose Pedraza yeah. in a junior welterweight clash on ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Vargas and Liam Smith fighting on DAZN in Las Vegas. It also has Chris Eubank Jr., Liam Williams mm-hmm. in the UK and Cardiff on Fight TV. All of that is February 5th. You're right, not a yeah. ton of title fights, but a, a much better cards coming now in about a month. That will be happening all together on that same weekend. And interesting, that is the Saturday where there is no college football. It will be all over and done with. And that is the weekend in between for the NFL's championship games and the Super Bowl to try to take advantage of that with plenty of boxing action. At least here in the US. And again, for all the news, all the fight cards being put out there, anything else that's going on, bigfightweekend.com, including the historical perspective, which we love writing about and we continue to do all the time whenever those anniversaries come up, et cetera, et cetera. But we love doing that.
3: Absolutely. And the one thing with BigFightWeekend.com, the boxing news that will come in later on, TJ, I'm looking forward to, is that it's going to be a lot of really good matchups this year because I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of more names down the line that have been inactive, like you mentioned before. You mentioned Gary Russell Jr. out of all things. I mean, that guy hasn't fought since God knows how long, and he only fights God knows how long every so often anyway. Like once once every
1: presidential election cycle for Gary Russell in the featherweight division, I think.
3: Yeah, and, and when 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 we see when you see names like that come out of the woodworks, that's when you know boxing will officially start rolling out these fight cards again, and it'll be a more interesting, a lot of this stuff. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing as well. Uh, they mentioned, I think, also as well, at these on this in the first, first quarter. They have the rematch of uh, Jamel Charlo and uh, Brian Castaño as well, which I think yeah. is be really interesting uh, let down the pipe.
1: But that one is apparently not coming in February. As much as it has been rumored over and over again for February, it looks like we're going to have to wait for March for what was a very entertaining rematch with Charlo Ah. and Castanio back in the summer. Castanio probably deserved that decision. Ended up being a draw. We'll wait and see what ends up happening there. All right, for now, we are good. Uh, Marquise Johns, always appreciate the time. Always appreciate the insight. I know you'll be all over the show box card Friday night, including in the recap mode after it is over with. Have a great uh, weekend, my friend. Always love chatting with you.
3: Absolutely, TJ. Boxing's back for 2022, somewhat. We'll see how it keeps up from there
1: yes indeed thanks to brian campbell of the showbox series on showtime again they kick off their 21st season with this fight card coming on friday night out of orlando florida uh, for now we are good again uh, however you found us through the sports gambling podcast the network of shows sportsgamblingpodcast.com, make sure you follow or subscribe if you're interested in the fights including from a gambling perspective etc we are all over it with fight news etc we are here for you each and every week we do our best For Marquise Johns, I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.